I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, in these very serious times, we're going to be talking about the solar wind hack. China expert Gordon Chang joins us and the Insurrection Act and Executive Order 13848. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. America Can We Talk is sponsored by GC Works, a Dallas-based company performing advanced technology research in the oil and gas industry. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Many of you likely heard about the hack into solar wind. Uh, and I want to just tell you briefly in this first five, the summary of it, and then we'll talk about later in the show why it is so consequential to issues facing America. So communications at the US Treasury and Commerce Departments were reportedly compromised by a supply chain attack on solar winds. It's one word, I actually have it spelled incorrectly there, it's solar winds, it's all one word with an S anyway, a security vendor that helps the federal government and a range of Fortune 500 companies monitor the health of their IT networks. So solar winds hacked. And the reason, I want to just run through some reasons why all of us should care very much. Obvious, great concern uh, when it is with respect to the communications between Treasury and Commerce. Um, wondering what were in all the possible emails that were, may have been seen and other documents, but it's actually much, much bigger than that. Solar Winds provides these services to a wide variety of very, very important entities, organizations, and governmental um, entities in America. I'll just quickly tell you, more than 425 of the U.S. Fortune 500, all 10 of the top U.S. telecommunication uh, companies in the country, uh, companies that oversee the electric grid, all five branches of the U.S. military, all five of the top five U.S. accounting firms, the Pentagon, the State Department, the National Security Agency, the Department of Justice, election machines, I'll get to that in one moment, and the White House. This is a massively dangerous hack. I want to hit three quick points about it before we get to talking with our guest, Gordon Chang. Uh, one big point is, right away, the people in Washington who continue to want to steer America toward concern about Russia describe this as a hack by the Russians. Unclear if they have that information or if that is just a, a go-to accusation. Many more people concerned, I think, about whether China was behind it, along with nefarious actors in America supporting the Chinese. Uh, one big issue was who was behind it. Uh, another is that this actually impacts the uh, voting systems. It was really, really interesting because shortly after this happened, or this hack was made known, and apparently it's been going on for months, just discovered, but going on for months. Shortly after that, Dominion Voting Systems, already at the heart of major controversy in America, because they have uh, had so many of their machines the subject of obvious election fraud, as you saw from Antrim County, Michigan, and places around the country, and from watching Russ Ramson on my show, and other experts talking about it, Dominion Voting Machines already compromised, dangerous, in fact, 
about four weeks before the election this year, a Chinese-owned bank purchased something in the range, or a purchase made to a Chinese bank, something in the range of $400 million interest in Dominion Voting Systems, China, right in the middle of our elections. Uh, but Dominion Voting Systems put out a statement saying that there was absolutely, they denied using SolarWinds, to be precise, SolarWinds Orion, O-R-I-N, uh, O-R-I-O-N software. Dominion denied it, but in the era of everyone seeing everything, nothing be able to hidden if it's been out there before, there's actually some smart person has a screen grab of Dominion software website before they knew they had to deny that they had a connection to solar wind. So I asked Matt to wonder if I sent him a clip, I'll tell you that I'm not sure if you'll be able to see this. I wanna ask Matt to put it up and I'm gonna draw your attention to it. So this is a screen grab of a Dominion voting system website. And you're looking at it thinking, well, that doesn't look so bad. And I don't know, Matt, if you can make it any lighter, I'll just draw your attention, listeners. You can, might want to take a screen grab of this and then uh, look at it if you can brighten it on your own computers. But at the very bottom, what we're looking at on this Dominion Voting Systems uh, grab, Solar Winds. There you can see it, Solar Winds. This is Solar Winds Worldwide LLC. So Solar Winds squarely flat out on the Dominion Voting System website, uh, although they're now denying that they had anything to do. Don't worry, we have no connection to Solar Winds. So this tells you two things. Uh, they did have a connection to Solar Winds and they lie. Dominion Voting Systems lie. They think they can dupe you, so they put that statement out. Last point on it is uh, very serious. Um, people very closely connected to the White House are claiming or saying that the uh, Trump administration has actually gotten access to all that SolarWinds got access to and that they actually know what SolarWinds was doing with respect to the voting machines, that, that the SolarWinds hack may impact, impact all of our assessment in America about the Dominion voting machines. Uh, the Trump administration allegedly has a hold of that uh, server data from SolarWinds uh, that was uh, actually housed in Austin, Texas. And that will play into the, what we're gonna talk about in the end of the show today, the third segment, um, and into going in the future, how we're going to deal with correcting the situation with the obvious uh, attempted theft of the American election. And that, my very fine friends, is today's First Five. We have joining us next, we have a guest who's uh, lucky for me, been on many, many times on our show, Gordon Chang. Uh, he is an actual, just a uh, international expert um, on China, now written books about China. He's a um, widely viewed as an expert on China and the Chinese Communist Party in Hong Kong and the work the Chinese government has done around the world in trying to expand its power and control over the world, uh, frequently quoted uh, in many different places um, in, in the national news. So I want to be sure that I tell you, this is a real expert we're talking to. And there's so many things I want to ask him about about China, uh, given there, in fact, there was a statement that even though we don't yet have the um, report out of DNI Ratcliffe, who's now saying it's going to be Monday, but, but he, part of the statement that was issued earlier in the week about doesn't have, can't have the report ready by Friday, but there was reference to there was interference in the American election by China, Russia, and Iran. And so therefore, we are, it's just so timely that we happen to have Gordon Chang available to join us on America Can We Talk. And so without further ado, hi, Gordon. Hi, Debbie. Thank you so much. Great to see you. Love having you on the show. Well, I sent you a bunch of topics and I just, I want to run through them. I just think the American people's need to understand 
the uh, depth of penetration of the Chinese Communist Party in America, the determination on, on the part of the Chinese Communist Party to, in one way or another, grow its power around the world, and especially in America. It just couldn't be more important as we're facing this election cycle and the uh, ongoing dispute about um, who actually won our election. So let me start with this. I didn't know this till this morning. I was uh, looking at your Twitter feed and a bunch of other things. You've given some, um, a statement about that the Chinese Communist Party is working to acquire the DNA, the deoxyribonucleic acid DNA of American citizens and others in the world. Can you tell me uh, how they're doing that and why would they be doing that? Well, first of all, they're doing it in a number of different ways. So for instance, they're actually acquiring companies with DNA profiles. So for instance, the 2013 acquisition of Complete Genomics by BGI. Um, BGI is a private Chinese company. Um, clearly gave them a big head start. Also, they've been providing at subsidized rates um, genetic sequencing information to all sorts of U.S. companies, including the ancestry groups. So if you have, you know, you take a swab, um, you send it in, uh, you want to find out who your ancestors were. Well, you're basically sharing that information with China. Um, these companies from China have research collaborations. They've got all sorts of partnerships with U.S. companies in DNA and genetics. And whatever they can't get legally, they've been stealing. So, for instance, the, the hack that was discovered or released in this, um, January 2015 of Anthem, the second largest American insurance company, that was China. China got a lot of information about Americans, perhaps 80 million of them. So um, there has been a persistent effort. At the same time, China is preventing Chinese research institutes, companies uh, from sharing the DNA of Chinese people with foreigners. Now, there's two reasons why I think they're doing this. First of all, they want to be big in biotech. Biotech is one of the 10 areas that was identified in Xi Jinping's Made in China 2025 initiative, which is an attempt to dominate 10 industries. Second of all, I believe that they are looking at developing, if they haven't done already, biological weapons that are targeting specific ethnic or racial groups. Bill Gertz of the Washington Times quotes a U.S. official saying that China is in fact doing that. Also, we don't have to rely on that reporting. We can see what the Chinese themselves are saying. So the 2017 edition of Science and Military Strategy, Strategic Strategy, is, um, has a section. And this is published by the Chinese National Defense University. It's an authoritative publication. And it talks about specific ethnic genetic attacks that the Chinese military is thinking about how to do. So you put all that together and we've got to be concerned because Debbie, if you want to find the biggest database of the DNA of Americans, don't look in America. The place that you find that is China. Okay, this is so alarming. I have to tell you that I am, am pretty much a 24 seven news hound. I read so much. I had no idea this was occurring. I'm not surprised they would be doing it. I'm just surprised because I don't hear this reported very many places or people uh, hear expression of concern about the idea that China is actually intentionally growing a database of Americans 
DNA, and I guess other people in the world too, but Americans' DNA, and, and actually you're talking about the effort, you were talking a moment ago, you're talking about actually the using this for the purpose of the Chinese developing bioweapons to which Americans' DNA would be more susceptible than that of the Chinese people. Is that correct? That's, that's certainly correct. And the Chinese make no uh, bones about this because, as I mentioned uh, three years ago, they actually publicized this. Um, so, and this fits in with the behavior that we've been observing over the last couple of years, that this is one of their goals. You know, China actually brags a lot about how they've dealt with the coronavirus much better than the United States and other societies. And, you know, how a society deals with the COVID-19 is many things. But one of them could very well be the susceptibility of certain populations to certain types of diseases. And the Chinese have seen proof of concept. A lot of people say biological warfare doesn't work. Well, I think that we have seen it. It does work. It's crippled American society. You know, it's killed about 311,000 Americans as of today. Um, but what it's also done is it's um, put our society... And, and, and as we always talk about, um, it has uh, crippled our economy. Um, you know, it's changed American life drastically. So China has seen that um, societies are vulnerable to biological attack. It is astonishing. And I just, I, for all Americans who are thinking that somehow the um, concern about China is overstated, just this one piece of information, that China is consciously collecting the DNA of American citizens for the potential purpose as a future biological weapon use, uh, it's staggering. So what can, I, I want to quick, I want to turn in many of the topics, but so in response to knowing about this, what should America do? Well, I think that the Trump administration should uh, start to reverse some acquisitions of U.S. companies. So for instance, um, a Harbin pharmaceutical company bought um, a GNC, um, you know, the people who sell um, all sorts of supplements yeah. because, you know, that company does actually have profiles of um, Americans buying habits of these supplements. Um, and if we can go back and unwind some of these prior acquisitions, we should do that as well. We should make it illegal for any American institution to have a research partnership with a Chinese institution. And clearly, we should be telling the ancestry companies and others that they can no longer have the DNA sequenced by a China or China-linked um, group. So these are simple things that we can do. Um, I, I think that it's absolutely essential because um, we have seen what China has done with the coronavirus. They actually deliberately spread this disease beyond their borders. We don't know how this started, whether this was naturally occurring or whether this was an uh, engineered bug that escaped from a lab. But we do know that China took steps and those steps would inevitably lead to the spreading of the disease beyond China's borders. So this was malicious. And, and I actually think that at this point, we need to acknowledge that and decide that we need to end cooperation with China because you can't cooperate with a country that has killed more than 300,000 Americans this year. A country that wants to kill your citizens is not our friend. Okay, so you had a great piece up. I want to tell our listeners, it's available at our website too, americacanwetalk.org, and it's called Espionage Emergency, China Floods America with Spies. It was a piece from Monday uh, by you. It's at the Gaystone Institute, and it's just a great compilation of the, the variety of ways in which China 
invades, or my word, invades, invades America, manipulates America, contorts American society and culture, and we're oblivious to it. Or we actually think that some things that they're doing are kind of a sign of friendship and globalism and getting along with each other or some silly thing, some such silly thing. So I'd like to have you talk about, I mean, I, they're, they're, as I say, it's so detailed and full of, of examples, but just tell some of the highlights, the ways in which China, you, you call this actually, as China floods America with spies and espionage emergency. What are the highlight, the, the top ways that they are doing this, the top vehicles for doing it? Well, the Ministry of State Security um, has hundreds, probably thousands of agents in the United States. But we also know that China has hundreds of thousands of collectors of intelligence in the U.S. They have what's called a thousand grain of sand approach. Some people call it mosaic or human wave approach. And what they do is they interview returning business people, students, tourists, um, and they just uh, get information. And they collate that information because they have big data and artificial intelligence capabilities. So um, they are overwhelming us. Uh, FBI Director Christopher Wray says that almost a th uh, half of the counterintelligence cases that the FBI has are China-related and that the uh, Bureau opens up a China-related case every 10 hours. The FBI is just simply overwhelmed, so is law enforcement. And that means we're going to have to take some drastic um, uh, steps. One example of this, Eric Swalwell. Now, it's no sin for an, a member of the House of Representatives to be targeted by Chinese intelligence. That's true of all 435 representatives and 100 senators. The sin is, uh, and, and just way they did this was not when he was sitting on the House Intel Committee, which of course would be of great importance to them, they first contacted him when he was a council member on the Dublin City, California Council. So they are grooming young American politicians, hoping they become more influential. And we are seeing just China go after our political system from top to bottom, not just federal offices, but local municipal state offices as well. And it's not just the government. They go after the media, educational institutions, NGOs and foundations, you name it, if it exists, China is looking at it. Uh, yeah, actually, I was going to bring up Swalwell, and exactly the point you were saying was um, that he had actually been contacted or identified and targeted before he was even in the U.S. House. Uh, and the woman that he got um, connected with is, I guess she goes by Fang Fang. Um, but she has apparently been involved with other America. We talked about her earlier in the week or last week uh, with other uh, mayors in America. Um, you know, a kind of very attractive woman who is a spy who is holding herself out in America as a kind of a pal, a friend. She's helping building relationships with China and America. And she is uh, very, very, very dangerously uh, compromising people like Swalwell and others. And I love the thousand grains of sand approach, uh, just how they just, the China, just, I mean, the, it's a good description of the way gathering information all the time about America. It's like knowing your enemy is a way uh, to destroy your enemy. You also, um, uh, I want to talk about the, uh, the Chinese embassies here in America or the consulates, the, the Chinese uh, affiliates here. And there was actually, I want to ask you specifically about the Houston consulate. Houston, Texas had a Chinese consulate and it was closed down, I think, in uh, 2019. And I think you're pretty familiar with that. If you can tell us what was the reason that America shut down the Houston consulate for China, from China? Yeah. 
Yeah, this was July of this year, Debbie. This year. State Department officially said that uh, China was using Houston for intelligence gathering, espionage. Well, that's true of the other four consulates in the U.S. I think that it was because Houston was providing financial and logistical support for violent protesters. Yeah. Radio Free Asia reports that an intelligence unit of the People's Liberation Army based themselves in the Houston consulate. And from there, they used artificial intelligence and big data to identify Americans likely to participate in Black Lives Matter and Antifa protests. And then the Chinese military sent them videos on how to riot. The uh, intelligence unit used TikTok because these were TikTok videos and equipment from Huawei Technologies, which is a Chinese telecom equipment manufacturer for this purpose. And, and this goes beyond uh, subversion. This is an act of war, Debbie. And thank God the State Department closed it down. In that piece you talked about, I recommend that the U.S. close down all four of the remaining consulates and that we cut back the embassy staff in Washington to just a few people. Um, because we need to eliminate the bases of support for all of China's agents in the U.S. And this is an emergency. As I said, we can't cope with this. So we better figure out how to deal with this now, because as the director of national intelligence, John Radcliffe, uh, wrote in his Wall Street Journal op-ed, China steals perhaps as much as $500 billion worth of U.S. intellectual property each year. Now, some people have lower estimates. Some people have higher estimates. But whatever it is, it's grievous, and we've got to stop it. And the only way to stop it fast is to close down these consulates, the embassies, and also go after the Chinese state banks and state enterprises that are in our country, because this is where China spies from. Okay, I love all that idea. I love shutting all of them down. Those are kind of physical steps, and I'm all in favor of that. But in addition to those physical steps, which even if we removed every representative of the country of China here in America, everyone, you still have all of the hacking capacity. You can be anywhere and hack. And so we've got to be stepping up our suspicion of China and our ability to determine what they're doing. I mean, isn't that right? That getting them out of here is only about half the problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, first of all, I should point out that China's national intelligence law of 2017 requires every Chinese national to spy if demanded. And also, it's just the Communist Party's top-down system means that no individual can resist a demand from the party. So we should look at every Chinese national in the U.S. as a potential collector of information. That's not to say that everyone is doing that. It is to say, though, that we have reasonable suspicions. So, for instance, we have something on the order of 370,000 Chinese nationals who are students in our colleges and universities. Um, the estimate is that 13 percent of them are actually involved in spying against us. Um, and we also know that China's Ministry of State Security and consular officials monitor those students, pass along instructions to spy and for other purposes. Um, for instance, getting involved in our political processes, and that would be clearly inappropriate. So we put all this together, and it means that we have a lot of individuals in our country that we have to look at. And, you know, I don't know exactly how you deal with this. My dad came here as a, a, a Chinese student and was allowed to stay, so I have a soft spot, spot for all of this. But the point is, we cannot allow this situation to continue. So we do need to take steps that we would not have otherwise considered. 
Uh, you know, Gordon, I did not send you this topic ahead of time, and I, I can't believe I have to left off my little list to you, but there was recent announcement about the uh, Chinese Communist Party membership list, or at least a portion of that hacked and information released. And obviously the information released from this hack about who are members of the Chinese Communist Party, uh, it's in Mandarin Chinese, so people are scrambling to get it translated in English. But it is accurate, I believe, and I wonder if you're, I'm sure you're somewhat familiar with all of this, what kinds of entities we're discovering in America actually have at top leadership levels, including Pfizer creating our vaccines and others about, um, you know, people who are running or in serious positions of control at high levels in organizations and our government and members of the Chinese Communist Party. So let me just start with this. What, do yeah, you even right. know? Go ahead. Yeah, you're referring to the revelation um, that was in the Australian, which is the um, Sydney paper, um, which showed that there was a hack of uh, the names of 1.95 million members of the Communist Party. To put that in perspective, there are basically about 92 million members of the party. And what was interesting about the information that was released, and which is vetted by a number of different groups and, and is believed to be um, accurate, yeah. is that, of course, there are Communist Party members in American and other companies. That we've known because the Communist Party actually insists that um, large foreign companies have Communist Party cells in their operations in China. And the companies that were mentioned in the Australian report were um, Boeing and Pfizer, among others. Um, and, and of course, Pfizer would be especially sensitive because China's been trying to steal coronavirus vaccine information. What was really stunning, though, was the revelation that there are 10 consulates in Shanghai which have um, Communist Party members. They include countries such as the United States, Britain, and New Zealand, um, and Australia. And I mentioned those four because those are four of the five of partners in the Five Eyes Intelligence Sharing Coalition, um, which is really important for us because that's where we share our most sensitive intelligence. So having Communist Party members in the consulate um, obviously is a serious breach. You know, we shouldn't, in a sense, be too surprised because we are required to hire um, Chinese nationals through a Chinese government entity. And of course, they're putting in spies. But we should not permit that. In our diplomatic compounds in China, we should have only Americans. Yes, it's more expensive, but the catastrophic loss of information is even more expensive for us. I mean, this is something that's not reciprocal because we don't require China to hire Americans for their diplomatic compounds. This is just completely unbalanced. It's completely unbalanced. And honestly, it's scary. Given what you have talked about many times on this show and in other places, the Chinese Communist Party's mission is not simply to maintain, maintain control, uh, tyrannical control over the uh, China mainland. It is an expansionist mission. They're looking for expanding the Communist Party's control, expanding the control of the Chinese people around the world. And so when you have high level officials, uh, w whether they're in the, the uh, compound in, in China, a, a, a um, embassy there or a, um, whatever it, what it, the entity was called, you have people of other backgrounds, uh, other national backgrounds, Americans and others, members of the Chinese Communist Party, it's like they're using those people to assist in this expansionist mission. Or you, 
you can't trust your own people because you don't know whether they're on the side of the Chinese expansionist mission or they're on the side of the American, you know, respect for freedom of all mission. I mean, just it's a very dangerous situation for America. Well, it certainly is because it's even worse than you suggest, Debbie. You know, there are a lot of people who say, oh, China just wants to compete with us in the existing international system. Well, that's not true. It's, and it's even worse than China trying to change the existing international system. China wants to overthrow that system and replace it with the notion of a mandate of heaven over Tianxia, which means all under heaven. In other words, Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, has been hinting for more than a decade, and now his references have become unmistakable, that he doesn't want to live in this Westphalian system that we now have. He wants to replace it with this notion that there is only one sovereign state, and that is China. And that makes the U.S. a colony that we should be, along with everybody else in the world, subservient to China. So this is exceedingly dangerous. You know, the Chinese say this and a lot of people say, oh, that sounds ludicrous. Well, yeah, it is ludicrous. But the point is the Chinese are in fact saying this. And, and by the way, they're also acting like Jinxia, mandate of heaven emperors. So we can't ignore this. You know, we ignored Osama bin Laden. We didn't pay attention to him until, of course, he killed more than 3,000 Americans on 9-11. China is so much more powerful than Al-Qaeda. So we've got to understand this risk. The Chinese say this all the time. We just ignore it as if it didn't really matter. Well, yes, it does matter because we're talking about American lives here. Yep. You know, actually, I was going, you went right to the point I was going to go to was I couldn't think of the name of it, uh, the name of the ancient doctrine, because the idea historically um, for the Chinese people, going back to the early Chinese dynasties, was the idea that the, the Chinese people were ultimately intended to rule the world. And, and that was the, it's, it's a cultural belief. And that is, the term for that is Tianxia, is that right? Tianxia, T-I-A-N-X-I-A. X-I-A, okay. I'm gonna spell it correctly here too. Okay, but then that mindset, and then compound that mindset with uh, Xi Jinping, now obviously the leader of the Chinese Communist Party, communism itself, a very repressive system, the Chinese Communist Party itself growing in its tyranny, repression, totalitarian conduct, and embracing this idea. It's a toxic mix of ideologies embraced by a country that we have been facilitating over the years by uh, allowing unfair trade agreements to continue, allowing the theft of American property, American intellectual property. We've been kind of feeding that whole, uh, the growth of that mindset in China. Is that accurate? Absolutely accurate. You know, future generations are gonna look back at us and say, how can we Americans um, enable China We've, with trade, with investment, with technology partnerships, because we know that China takes the proceeds of all of this commerce and they use it to develop a military whose officers openly talk in public with glee about killing Americans. So, um, you know, to me, it is just, I, I, it's, I can't understand it. You know, we got a lot of smart people in our country who say, oh, we need to cooperate with China and all the rest of it. That's engagement theory. Yeah. But engagement theory tells us that China will become benign as it becomes stronger. But as we've seen, especially recently, as China becomes stronger, it has become more arrogant, hostile, belligerent, and of course, dangerous. We've got to stop this because we've got to remember one other fact. May of 2019, 
People's Daily, the most authoritative publication in China, carries a piece that declares a quote-unquote people's war on the U.S. They've called us an enemy, and we're not paying attention. Yeah, we're sure not. You know, you used the term earlier. I want to make sure our listeners recognize it. You used the term Westphalian and in contrast to what China has intended. And that was that. Well, you can go ahead. When you, you actually told me about this in the past, but quickly tell us what that concept means, Westphalian. Yeah. The current international system, which recognizes competing sovereign states, is, is called the Westphalian system after the Treaty of Westphalia yeah. of 1648. And China has been talking about how Xi Jinping has been transcending the Westphalian system. So this is dangerous because what they're also talking about is this notion of worldwide Chinese rule. You put those two things together and it is very clear that they intend to rule not just China, but the entire world. Gordon Chang, you always manage, you're so informative, um, a tiny little bit scary, but you're always very informative, and I really appreciate that. Um, and I want to urge our listeners again to read the piece I mentioned to you. It's on our website, americacanwetalk.org. Um, I do want to ask you, and I don't know if you have any political thought about this, but do you find it troubling that the governor in Georgia, Governor Kemp, met in the Houston consulate before they closed it uh, with a gentleman. It wasn't, well, Xi Jinping wasn't there, but it was uh, Lee, uh, can't say his last name, Houston Council General of the People's Republic of China in July of 2019. And within a few weeks after that, he uh, committed to purchasing Dominion voting machines, which have now become the center of so much controversy. Do you find, do you think that's suspicious at all? Oh, it's extremely suspicious because, as you pointed out, um, China took a $400 million um, stake in Dominion before the November 3 election. And remember, in the April 15th South Korea elections, China developed an algorithm that helped President Moon Jae-in um, win seats in the nationwide election for the National Assembly, which is the unicameral legislature. So China knows how to manipulate voting machines, and they were extremely successful in that particular contest. And, you know, I don't know if they did it in hours on November 3, but they're preparing to do it with that stake in Dominion. Gordon Chang, thank you so very much. Is there any uh, website or place? I can ask our listeners, uh, suggest them they go to your Twitter feed, which I uh, read this morning. Our Twitter is at, at Gordon G. Chang, at Gordon G. Chang. Uh, any other reference you want to urge people to go to read more about what you do and your work? Yeah, it's basically uh, Twitter and Parler are both Gordon G. Chang. Uh, my website is www.gordonchang.com. Um, and this is where I just um, send out my thoughts about uh, the, what China's been doing. So Twitter is probably the best place. Yeah, Thanks. Twitter's great. I'm glad you're on Parler. I'm trying to move. It's so hard to make these changes, but I'm trying to move over to Parler, too. But anyway, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate that. Oh, well, thank you so much, Debbie. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, sir. Okay, so that was Gordon Chang, folks. I tell you, this is a gem. It's a great thing to be able to have him join us, uh, just full of great information that everyone should understand. And I think also he, he, along with other serious conservatives, are waking America up to the idea we have been duped by the multiculturalism, inclusive, you know, um, left-wing happy talk 
into thinking that the enlightened view is to see one world government or at least one world we all get along we all love each other we're all uh, you know we're all going to equal and we we are just failing to recognize the threat that china poses to america gordon chang does a brilliant job cataloging that one article i mentioned uh, and other articles as well uh, what america is up against in china and how we better just wake up and smell the coffee Okay, one last topic I want to get to today. It's actually a hugely important topic. And this is the Insurrection Act and the Executive Order. It's Executive Order 13848, 13848. I want to hit a bunch of points about this today because I will tell you that I'm becoming increasingly um, convinced that, okay, I'm totally convinced that the American left attempted to steal this election through a variety of means, you know, through the, we've been talking about it, and I'm not going to regale you with all the details again, but the massive pr uh, production of completely unnecessary mail-in ballots due to the overreaction to the COVID virus. And then, so you have the massive mail-in ballots setting up the means of, uh, of voter fraud. You have massive numbers of uh, dead people voting and, and affidavits of good American citizens under penalty of perjury. Here's what I saw, here's what happened. Same ballots being fed through over and over and over. The massive election fraud, we only have a first-hand close-up picture in America about the scope and means because of the wonderful work done by ASOG, Allied Security Operations Group, in examining the Dominion voting machines in Antrim County, Michigan. And that's up on our website, too. We have the PDF up. You can read everything they discovered. Just, just absurd level of complete election fraud in our faces. And yet you have many Republicans sitting back and saying, well, I don't know if I ought to comment about this. Maybe we'll just go ahead and and uh, have this election certified and you know, next time we'll get them or next time we'll fix the voting machines. And people, this is the time to fight. This is the time to fight. And I wanna run through some of the, um, where we are. Uh, so to start with, you heard, you, I've mentioned that uh, President Trump issued an executive order in September of 2018. And that executive order is available on our website. And the executive order essentially, uh, it is laying out, uh, his executive order lays out the, um, He's his finding. Uh, I'm going to get okay. His finding that uh, there was a, he actually declares an emergency. It's called executive order on imposing certain sanctions in the event of foreign interference in a U.S. election. Let me just tell you, this was not luck of the draw that Trump happened to think in September 2018 that maybe we'd have some election fraud to deal with in 2020. I think he had through a variety of means a heads up that this kind of massive election fraud was going to occur. And we have, so his, I'm gonna go through some of the things his order said, and then I'm gonna turn to the Insurrection Act because I wanna tell you that I'm becoming increasingly convinced that President Trump is going to use the Insurrection Act to challenge this election. And, and, and let me restate that. He's going to use the Insurrection Act because this election of 2020 was itself an act of insurrection against the American people. It was an attempted theft of the election system and therefore the Insurrection Act is justified. But let me just start first with uh, his executive order. Uh, he runs through finding about how um, the ability of people located uh, around the world outside the U.S. to interfere or undermine public confidence in U.S. elections, including through unauthorized accessing of election and campaign infrastructure 
or the covert distribution of propaganda and disinformation, calling the media into account for what they're, they, he knew they were, assumed they were going to do, and they did, um, constitutes an unusual and extraordinary threat to the national security and foreign policy of the United States. Although there has been no evidence, this is again September 2018, although there has been no evidence of a foreign power altering the outcome or vote tabulation in any United States election, foreign powers have historically sought to exploit America's free and open political system. In recent years, this is in Trump's order, in recent years, the proliferation of digital devices and internet-based communications has created significant vulnerabilities and magnified the scope and intensity of the threat of foreign interference. I hereby declare a national emergency to deal with this threat. So he declares a national emergency, and then he runs through in this executive order from September of 2018, the wrongdoing he is, he's saying is, is occurring or, or believes could occur. He puts in place a requirement that the director of national intelligence, now John Ratcliffe, that the DNI had Ratcliffe produce a report within 45 days of election day, which would be up this Friday, tomorrow, um, and, and recount all of the interference by foreign powers in America's election and including the uh, aiding and abetting that effort by people who are in America, in our, on our soil, whether they are foreign nationals or American citizens, people aiding and abetting that effort. So he, it, just a, a uh, at the very least prescient uh, move, put this order in place, it gives him tremendous power now to, under, to expose what happened in this election that we're all watching. You know, the election day was November 3rd. We're still in the, in the aftermath, figuring out the real result of the election. But he actually, so he calls this report by DNI Ratcliffe. Ratcliffe uh, Director Ratcliffe has now said uh, that he can't have the report ready by tomorrow. So it was supposed to be 45 days after November 3rd, which is tomorrow. Ratcliffe is saying he can't get it done. I heard from someone, uh, talking to someone in Washington this morning uh, on the phone was telling me that probably Monday, but we don't know about whether it'll be ready on Monday. But I want to mention one little thing about the DNI. The, the actual existence of this Director of National Intelligence or this uh, National Intelligence Agency was created after and because of 9-11. It was created because of the apparent failure of communication between the many different intelligence agencies in Washington and failure, refusal, just confusion, whatever the reason was, variety of reasons, they weren't communicating. And maybe had they been doing that, we would have had heads up about 9-11. So the DNI is kind of over all of them. And all of these intelligence agencies are supposed to report to the uh, Director of National Intelligence, National Intelligence Agency. So it's really, it, the idea was um, actually talked about in the 1960s and 70s, but didn't ever come to fruition until after 9-11. And it actually, I think the law passed in 2005. So that's what this agency does. Point in telling you that is that John Ratcliffe himself does not have agents directly employed by him to run around and do all this, gather all this intelligence. He is waiting for the intelligence being gathered by the existing intelligence agencies that are supposed to give him information, and he then puts this report together. Well, one thing he is saying is that he has been reported that he is saying that he found that there was too little willingness or openness among the 
early reports he was getting or early information about the reports to put blame more squarely on China. Not China alone, but China had a huge role. Again, China bought a $400 million interest in Dominion voting system machines, Dominion, vote, Dominion voting machines. A few, like four, whatever it was, four or eight weeks before the election. So China, as you're hearing from Gordon Chang, uh, not our friend, and, and definitely with nefarious motives in mind, purchases a, a, a I believe it's a controlling interest in Dominion. Uh, they, we then we have inside we have the Smartmatic software, uh, which was developed to help. In, in Venezuela to help now Hugo Chavez and later Maduro to stay in power indefinitely. It just simply is software that can be manipulated to bring the result of the person who controls the software to bring the election result you want. It lets you cheat. It enables election cheating, election fraud. So that's what's in many of our systems. And then you have, we started the show talking today about smart, about, um, not smart winds, what's it called? Solar winds and, and their involvement. Solar winds was, despite the denial of Dominion voting systems, solar winds is also involved and they actually provide, uh, they are connected with and involved in all these voting machines. So what Ratliff had to say, he said he could not get, meet the deadline um, because his term, career officers in the intelligence community say they have received relevant reporting since the election and a number of agencies have not finished coordinating on the product. Um, he actually uh, had a statement of Tuesday a couple days ago, refusing to sign off on some reports unless more fully reflecting the national security threat posed by China. And so you, there's been a tension in Washington, Ratcliffe, other Trump appointees like National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien, Secretary of State Pompeo, Attorney General Barr, all of them saying, we should be talking about China a little more here. Why are we talking about China? Instead, always folk, Russia, 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 which is, of course, the uh, mission of the left to try to continue to talk about Russia because they have some uh, portion of deluded Americans who still think that Trump colluded with Russia, even though uh, all evidence is to the contrary. Okay, so U.S. intelligence agencies cited China and Iran for their 2020 election interference uh, and, and basically their election interference designed to hurt Trump. And um, it was interesting, you know, Christopher Wray, who with, of whom I'm highly suspicious, the FBI director who needs to go, but the FBI director Christopher Wray testified in September. Uh, he talked about, uh, and when he was testifying before Congress, before a House committee, he talked about Russia and how he was concerned Russia was seeking to hurt Biden's presidential campaign through social media and influence operations. You got Christopher Wray over here, you know, keeping up the Russia collusion hoax mindset continuing to talk about Russia as a problem. And of course, everyone's supposed to connect Russia and Trump when there was no Russia collusion by the Trump team. But anyway, um, Ray also testified that China was trying to interfere, but Ray's trying to focus the House on Russia. And, and President Trump ended up tweeting after that testimony in September of this year, uh, saying China is a far greater threat than Russia, Russia, Russia. So Ratcliffe doesn't have this ready, says you'll have it ready on Monday. So this report, this report that is going to be created uh, by Ratcliffe and eventually and submitted to the president, it goes around to uh, all sorts of different um, um, places in Washington, goes to a variety of leaders. But what it empowers the president to do, the executive order, because you declared a national emergency back in September 2018, it empowers President Trump to seize assets, to freeze money, 
to seize assets, not just of the foreign players or assets here in America, but the American entities helping the interference in America's election. And so you have what we're staring at in September 20, in, in, in um, where we are in December of 2020, what we're staring at is growing exposure of massive election fraud, committed largely on Dominion voting machines with uh, the, now the uh, interest held by China, a $400 million interest held in Dominion. You have the Smartmatic software developed by the Venezuelans and used to allow cheating to occur, to create the, po the potential for the tyrant in charge to cheat or the tyrant who wants to take over to cheat. Uh, and you have the interest in Washington pointing out Iran also interfered in America's election. So clear foreign interference triggering this executive order. And the executive order allows President Trump to do seizures of assets of individuals, of companies, including, I assuming, Dominion, Smartmatic, all these companies involved in, in this, and individuals. And there are other individuals involved um, who are, who through their ownership interests and in whole or in part in other aspects of the voting process were also part of enabling this massive election fraud. I have become convinced that President Trump is going to use the power that he has through this executive order, which includes, I mean, I, I keep debating. Last time we talked about it, I didn't go, I didn't read all these different, um, all the different powers he has, but he's got the power to uh, block licenses, block transactions, freeze money, freeze assets, freeze um uh, and he actually has to talk about the idea, uh, it, the election infrastructure, anyone interfering or involved in the ele election infrastructure, which is getting to be thousands of people in America, thousands of people in a variety of ways were facilitating the foreign interference in America's elections. I'm thinking Trump is going to use the power he's got in this executive order and use it through the Insurrection Act. Now, I will tell you that I know whenever any elected official or people in, in, uh, in pu the public life are talking about, oh, Trump should use the Insurrection Act, you know, you right away get the pushback. You get the argument that, you know, that Trump is just complaining because he lost. He's saying he's going to use the Insurrection Act because he wanted to win and he doesn't like that Biden won. And so... People argue this is really dangerous, a president trying to extend his term in the White House and invoking the Insurrection Act when all he's really complaining about is that he didn't win and he wished he did. So I want to address that because this is part of what people are saying. It makes it faulty or wrong or immoral or something for Trump to be even considering the Insurrection Act. Number one, this is not being considered because a Democrat won and Trump really wishes he won. That has nothing to do, and the Insurrection Act should never be considered if all you're griping about is an election outcome you didn't like. The reason the media keeps saying to the American public that any talk about the Insurrection Act is outrageous because this is just Trump cl claiming he wanted to win and he's mad because Biden won, they're trying to set up for the American people's suspicion that the Insurrection Act doesn't belong here because it's just really a political gripe. It's not a political gripe. The Insurrection Act, if it were to be implemented by the president, would be because, A, there was massive foreign interference 
along with American individuals, corporations, uh, entities who participated, enabled, and furthered the foreign interference in America's elections through the Venezuelan software and the, the uh, Chinese-owned Dominion company and the people in America facilitating that. This is foreign interference in our elections. And that's the reason the executive order gives him the basis to say this election, this potential challenge and use of the Insurrection Act is because there was massive foreign interference and there was and is continuing ongoing facilitation by election companies, by software-related people, by SolarWind, by Smartmatic, by Dominion people, by news outlets that continue to spread disinformation and lies and don't tell the truth about what's happening, about all sorts of entities in the election system, in states facilitating and organizing and perpetuating this interference by a foreign government in America's elections. Second point. What we are watching in America, what we've been watching in America, we talked about in the show many, many times, is not just Republican versus Democrat. We are talking about the Marxist overtaking of the American left. The Marxists in this country, and I push them all together, do not bother me with these silly, fastidious, uh, nuanceical, well, you can't really say Marxist. You can say socialist, but not Marxist, or communist, but not Marxist. Socialist, Marxist, communist, radical left, destruction of the freedom of the American people and replacing the idea of an America rooted in individual liberty and responsibility, the idea of America, replacing that with a government controlled society with elements of socialism, Marxism, communism. And that is what the, where the ideological left, where today's Democrat party lives. That is who they are and how they live and what their agenda is. And I'll give you some examples of their agenda that verify what I'm saying. These people do not support having a secure border. You literally can't be a country without a secure border. You had a continued weakening of the American border. You had a porous southern border enabled and encouraged by the Obama administration for eight years, enabled and encouraged people to come here in caravans and hordes, overwhelming the southern border, and then, of course, allowing these people to just move into the somewhere in the middle of the lost and the large geographic area that is America, never to be seen again, except perhaps in the welfare lines. But you had a massive abandonment of the border. You had the socialist takeover of America's healthcare system under Obamacare. When many Americans, in fact, we've been over it in this show many times, but back in 2008, when that was first being proposed, America had, and still does have, but by then, but at that time, the best healthcare system on earth. There was no justification for the extreme socialist takeover of the healthcare system of America which was Obamacare, no justification, but a cooked up justification uh, by the American left to take away the healthcare freedom of the, um, the American citizen and replace it with government controlled healthcare. You had this sellout of America in the Iranian nuclear deal under the Obama administration, literally enabling and funding the number one terror exporting country in the world under the guise of protecting them and stopping them from developing nuclear weapons, which was exactly the opposite of what the deal did. It enabled it and it funded it. You had the sellout of America 
under the Obama administration, the continuing sell of America, the attempt to seize guns, to weaken the Second Amendment, the right of the individual citizen to keep and bear arms, which has nothing to do with the right of protecting your idea that you like to go hunting or skeet shooting. The Second Amendment is a firm, solid protection. It is intended to be something that the, the intent the founders created to be something that gives a balance of power, keeps a balance of power between a tyrannical government and the individual citizen. The American left in this country is all about shutting down free speech with all sorts of excuses and reasons for it, enabling the shutdown of free speech using COVID, COVID, the extreme overreaction to COVID to shut down religious freedom, to shut down the ability of churches to meet and to shut down the, the ability of individual citizens to live freely in their, in their lives, to run their businesses. You have the entire dark, ugly Marxist takeover of America now is part of the American left. That is who they are. It is what they will do. They are promising you if they get into power, they're going to use COVID to shut down your freedom, shut down your ability to leave your home, force you in your home to keep masks on your face every time you leave tell you when your businesses can be open you see the difference between the democrat run states and the republican run states republican run states are letting people be free the democrat run states are looking for every opportunity they have to shut down their people again we are watching in a whole host of ways the marxist takeover of america this is not even to mention it doesn't even include Antifa, as you heard from uh, Gordon Chang in our interview just a little while ago. Gordon Chang talked about the Chinese Communist Party's role in encouraging and funding the opposition to America's government on the part of Antifa and Black Lives Matter. These are foreign-funded insurrections against America. That's what they are. That's what we're looking at. And so when President Trump decides, which appears he's, he's considering doing, that we have to use the Insurrection Act because America is being taken over by the Marxists and this is un-American and we can't have it. And he has the justification because of the foreign interference in our elections. And I don't know what's going to happen, people, but I will not at all be surprised if you have the, in the invocation of the Insurrection Act to get American people and tell them, you know, uh, we're going to arrest everyone involved in this attempted theft of America's election. I mean, that's it. That itself is a straight out insurrection. The commission of treason, the commission of treason, when you have in place, you have the, the, the election system, which is supposed to be, you know, under our constitution, under our state laws, straightforward, Citizens only can vote, and each of them get just one, and not dead citizens, live citizens with a right to vote, and you have a massive fraudulent attack on the system. That itself is a treasonous attempt to overthrow the system in our country. The Insurrection Act, by the way, um, actually uh, President Trump's um, um, executive order and Insurrection Act uh, talk about the idea. I want to hit the Insurrection Act briefly. Uh, it actually uses, this is back from 1807. This was passed under Thomas Jefferson, who was trying to curb the wild tendencies of Aaron Burr, but the Insurrection Act talks about the president's right to use it involves the right, um, <clears throat> The president, by using the militia or armed forces or by any other means, shall take measures as he considers necessary to suppress in a state any insurrection, domestic violence, unlawful combination, or conspiracy if it so hinders the execution of the laws of that state 
and of the United States within that state that any part or class of its citizens is deprived of a right, privilege, immunity, or protection in the Constitution. The American citizens have the right in the Constitution to vote and to have free and fair elections. This has been corrupted by this massive election threat, election theft, attempted theft by the American left, funded, fomented by the Chinese communists, the Iranians, the Russians. This is a flat out attempt. It is a treasonous attempt to deprive the American people of their right to have an election and choose the leader we wish to choose. So the president be well within his, um, well within his rights to uh, invoke the Insur Insurrection Act. I'm out of time again, today. I keep wanting to tell you about this, this really interesting history uh, of the Insurrection Act, but uh, I don't have time because I'm kind of past out of time today. I will tell you that people keep talking about, oh, we're going to have martial law. Be really clear, Insurrection Act is an act you know, passed under Thomas Jefferson, basically uh, describes the conditions in which a, a president can uh, invoke the Insurrection Act, can send the troops in, can arrest people, can seize assets, can do what they have to do. Martial law is a form of, it, it, the two are not, are two different things. Martial law is something the government also has the authority to impose, and that sometimes you do when there's just extreme uh, violence or other extreme danger to the country. And martial law, you may during martial law temporarily suspend the rights of citizens to do certain things. Now we may have the Insurrection Act invoked in order to carry it out. You may have some form of martial law, but I am unaware of, I mean, I don't know of that to be the case. I do, I am hearing little uh, whisperings out of Washington that this Insurrection Act stuff is coming because the president, thank God for President Trump's tenacity, determination, and commitment to the American people to say, you have the right to have fair elections and you have the right to have a government that stands up and protects your right to free elections. You don't have to just sit back and take it while the American left attempts to steal this election through massive election fraud, fomented and funded by radical foreign powers who wish the overthrow of America. President Trump may just use this act. We're just going to have to wait and see. But I'll tell you, folks, um, I think that even though it sounds alarming, and I obviously you never would invoke the Insurrection Act just because your favorite candidate didn't win. But in this context, with foreign powers interfering in America's elections openly, obviously, and, and, and broadly and widely, you do have, you can finally designate the insurrection itself being uh, th that this, the election, the conduct of the election was an attempt at insurrection. One last quick thing to tell you, I'll put this up on our website later, but White House Senior Advisor Peter Navarro, um, who is, uh, he, he has a role in the White House as a senior advisor, but he put out a statement today a lengthy statement. I'll link it on our website. I'll link it. We're going to put up, actually, it might already be up there, at americacanwetalk.org. It will be shortly. But he put up and released an independent report on the elections of 2020. And he's saying he's not doing this as his, in his official capacity with the, uh, as, the, um, you know, as a senior advisor to the president. He's doing it as an individual citizen. But because we're not going to be get, getting the report from Ratcliffe tomorrow, and we may not get it until Monday or whenever it's finally ready, um, he, Navarro, is saying, let me lay out for you, it's called, White House Senior Advisor Releases Independent Report on the 2020 Election. 
He outlines the issues at stake within several key states. The report highlights several troubling issues, uh, mail-in, potentially fraudulent ballots were handled in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, Pennsylvania. It's a lengthy document, many, many footnotes, and I urge you to get the link to this. You can get it on our website, or you can go to the conservativetreehouse.com and get it. Share this with your friends who are saying, when is Trump going to stop talking about election fraud? He's just complaining because he lost. There is no evidence of election fraud. Share this widely. Because I do think if we get around to where the president, because you simply can't get the legislatures in the various states to do the right thing, and you can't get the courts to do the right thing, at some point the president has got to use his power to say, we're not going to allow this theft of a foreign election. If we get there, the more people understand the scope, breadth, depth, and kinds of election fraud that occurred, the more people understand this is, it may be, if we get to this point of violence, it may be the only way to insist on a, the rightful outcome of the 2020 elections. And the rightful outcome does not mean that my guy won or your guy won. It means that truth won. It means that one vote for each only citizen no dead citizens, no non-citizens, no double counting. And when that's all done, as many people who've been examining the data are telling you, President Trump won in a landslide. This is what happened. And the, where we are is what do we do at this point when we can't prove it in the way you can prove two plus two is four. We can't prove it that cleanly, but the evidence is overwhelming. And if we don't demand it now, it's not just that we'd have to suffer through Biden for four years. We'd have to suffer through all of the massive, radical Marxist agenda Biden will bring to this country, and the election system will never be cleaned up. The left will never allow that to occur. They use it to cheat. Of course they wouldn't allow it to be cleaned up. And you'll have whatever the number is, 22 million illegal aliens instantly made citizens, and you'll have literally... The, the end of the ability of America to function as a republic, which it was intended to be. It's that serious. I close out the show every day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So I sent them in. Matt, the very wonderful, has them. SolarWind hacked. SolarWind is a security vendor monitoring IT security for customers, was hacked, services much of the federal government, all branches of the U.S. military, the electric grid should have been in here. Services 425 of the Fortune 500 companies. Services Dominion voting systems denied by Dominion, but belied by the screen grab. Fortunately, somebody had the truth available to share with America as Dominion lies again to America. A very serious and dangerous hack. Implications potentially very far reaching. Ruling class noise blames Russia, 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 but Russia collusion hoax raises doubts. China, deep state, Left-wing America, Soros, pick your villain, a lot of them are involved. Trump administration reportedly seized the SolarWinds servers and data in Austin, Texas, and elsewhere. Is there a connection between SolarWind hacking and election fraud? We shall find out. And we talk about the Insurrection Act and the Executive Order 13848. Executive Order 13848 requires the DNI, Director of National Intelligence, report on foreign election interference 45 days after Election Day. The DNI announced yesterday it won't meet the deadline of December 18th, but Radcliffe did tell CBS News yesterday there was interference by China, Russia, and Iran. 
Delay of the report said due to career officials not ready to sign off, speculation is internal disagreement over the description of China's role. Scope of foreign election interference may lead Trump to invoke the Insurrection Act. Massive election fraud to prevent the American people from electing the president is a direct assault on the Constitution and its prescribed form of governance. A form of overthrow of the U.S. government, especially when the fraud is intended to confer power on leftists with openly avowed, openly avowed intent to eviscerate the U.S. Bill of Rights, free speech, free assembly, free exercise of religion, and gun ownership. Are we witnessing modern-day treason? And I tell you, my very fine friends, there are more and more Americans agreeing and thinking, yes, we are, yep, we're down the slides, and more and more Americans recognizing, yes, we are actually looking at modern-day treason. It's a very serious word. I would not say that word lightly or, um, you know, and, and hyperbole. It's a very serious time we're in right now. I know it's the holiday season. I know Christmas is next week. I know we're people are celebrating Hanukkah. I know it's a, the season to be distracted by these beautiful holidays that are, that are American traditions. But we're in extremely serious times in America. It, it is impossible to overstate how serious these times are. The cabal of Soros, the radical left, China, the Marxists in America, they thought they had America steamrolled, that we would simply surrender and give up and not fight against the massive election fraud that we all can now see. They thought they had us over a barrel and we would just give up. But my very fine friends, America itself, America itself is what is at stake. The theft of our election by forces who simply, they are determined to destroy the very foundational freedoms upon which America was created. The very foundational idea from the Declaration of Independence that we all, and they didn't mean just America, all beings, all humans, we all have rights from God. We are created by God. We have rights from God simply because we were born to live with life, liberty, and to pursue our version of happiness. That was the promise of America. That promise does not exist in any country controlled by socialism, Marxism, communism, leftism. All that ever happens when countries are taken over by the, the kind of Marxist forces that work in America today, all that ever happens is poverty, misery, and the loss of freedom. This is why so many Americans are fighting so hard. It actually is that serious. America is under threat. Every single one of you, you can be doing something. You can be taking the link I mentioned to you from Conservative Treehouse, the report put together by Peter Navarro that lists all the election fraud. Put it on every social media outlet you have. Send it to all your cousins who really like Biden. Send it to everyone. Let everyone you know know that the conservatives see the level of fraud and they're not going to sit down and take it. They will not comply. These are dangerous times, but they're also times they, they invoke passion. They invoke really just kind of a deep reverence for America. That's what you're seeing in the hearts and minds of the millions of people taking to the streets in Washington. You're seeing people passionately uh, just, just it's an emotional and, and yet an intellectual passion to say we 
want to preserve America. We will not allow this communist Marxist attempted takeover of our country. We will not allow it. We will fight to the end. And I think President Trump shares that passion. I think he sees what's happened. I think he's not going to allow America to be taken over by the radical left, uh, especially through an election fraud that everybody paying attention can see. Very serious times, very serious consequences for the future, not just for the next four years, but the whole future of America, the future of America as the country, the beacon of liberty to the world. That's how important this election is. So thank you for listening to America Can We Talk. You can email me at americacanwetalk at gmail.com. I do try to answer. Whatever social media you are on, please like, share, forward, subscribe. We're out there on Rumble. I need to build. I have a great following on YouTube. I need to build that following on Rumble. Please share my website, americacanwetalk.org. Follow it on Rumble. Share it with your friends. Help us grow because this is how, especially if we must live under, which I will never surrender to, if we must live under a Biden administration, you're going to lose all sorts of freedoms, including the freedom to communicate and talk about the great issues facing America. We will lose all of that. The political conversation upon which America was founded, the, the striving, the, the, the just, you know, just from the heart determination of America's founders to say, we want a country rooted in the rights and freedoms of, the, of man and women, the rights to free speech, free assembly, free religion, to worship our God as we choose, all that's on the table. All of that is under great threat if we come under the Biden administration, which, uh, which would only be a fraudulently inaugurated Biden administration. The fight is now. The time is now to fight. Please be in the fight. And please have a great weekend and tune in every Monday through Thursday to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. Can you America, can we talk truth about America? Can you hear-